0: Today, I wanna to continue the conversation that I started with Elise Bowie earlier this week. If you missed that episode, please tune in. It was so valuable. She is a divorce lawyer and she she was a lawyer before she got divorced, but she wasn't a divorce lawyer. And her experience made her want to help people navigate through that very difficult time. We talked about things that I think really resonate. They resonate with me as a someone who is divorced, but uh, it was just really powerful. Some of her, her views were so powerful. And one thing she talked about was how the children are so important. And it doesn't necessarily mean just small children, adult children, and her mission and her passion is not only to help the people who are getting divorced, but to help the children through that. Uh, Cause they're really affected innocent bystanders essentially are affected. But I will say, I think a lot of people don't divorce because of their children. And I have a completely different opinion on that because that held me back from getting divorced for a long time. I'm glad my children were adults when I divorced, but sometimes it's not a reason to stay. So I thought as I was, a lot of things she said resonated with me, I thought I should do an episode where I share the top lessons that I learned through that, things that I didn't know or was afraid of before I went through that process uh, and things that I had a whole new perspective afterwards. So if you are someone who is is considering, it's, you've thought of it, but you keep talking yourself out of it, this episode, Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Today I'm going to talk about the lessons I learned from my divorce. So if you're new to the podcast you you might not know my backstory so I'm going to touch on that real quickly if you have listened Bear with me. So I was married for twenty five years, well, twenty six on paper, and I got divorced. And I held back. I uh, we had gone through marriage counsel counseling throughout our marriage. So we had hit a point at about six years of marriage, and then we hit a, a point at about sixteen years of marriage. Isn't it funny? And then we got divorced at twenty six. Something about those sixes, <clears throat> and. Uh, we managed to patch things up those two previous times and a lot of the reason that we did and we were able to because we wanted to hold our family together for our children and that was really important to both of us and we we were loyal to that commitment to stay together as a family as my kids grew up as they uh you know went through the the life stages of moving into adulthood, in fact, I finally was like, I'm done when my youngest graduated from college. So both of our daughters, excuse me, were graduated from college. So it was then that I finally said, if I don't do something, I'm not going to live the life that I want to live. I, I'm dying in this marriage. I'm not happy. I'm not passionate. I'm, I'm just very, uh, and I'm a happy person. I'm a very positive person. I look at everything as the glass is half full, but I just couldn't see a life that would give me what I wanted. And I didn't know what that was. And that's part of the problem as I stayed there because I was so scared to change. I was so scared to do something different. I was scared to be alone. And isn't it sad that I would rather be unhappy and in a marriage than happy and not in a marriage. But I know now through my study of the human brain that our brain wants what's comfortable, and when it is appearing to our brain as uncomfortable, we avoid it, even if it's something that's better for us. And that is what divorce is. And 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 then there's the whole financial aspect. You know, two two incomes. You know, you're going to one, and you, you're you know, a lot of us are strapped as it is to to make ends meet. Uh, no matter where we are in in the salary range, uh, we live to our we live to our max. Uh, and so when you go to sit down and say, "Okay, I'm going to live in this in this other way, which is half of what I have," that's that's a hard pill to swallow. So these are as I uh, interviewed. My past guest on the podcast, Elise Bowie, who's a divorce lawyer, I started to think about the things that I wish I knew when I started that process. And I know a lot of people out there who are in this later stage of life because we start to reevaluate when we get older, when we get to our near 50. That was me. I was approaching 50. I was like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to be sorry about that? I didn't do anything that I didn't take action. So I think most of us, and I also have learned about astrology and, and with astrology, you enter, well, Saturn returns again for a second time uh, when you're in your late fifties. So if you're feeling a little unsettled, it's, it's, it's a real thing. So we're starting to reevaluate where we are. And a lot of us, Are in marriages that are really not positive partnerships. They're not serving us. I'm not saying divorce is the only answer. I'm just saying, stand up for yourself, stand up for the life you want. And if your partner wants to get on board, great. And if not, then do what you got to do. I know there's a lot of different ways to live with people. And if you don't want to get divorced, then have an agreement where you're going to kind of live separate lives. And that's okay, too. You just got to do something that's not going to hold you back from your dreams and from your desires. And a lot of us don't even know what those are because we're in these marriages that we just are so busy trying to please or trying to adapt or trying to make things work. And that's where all of our energy goes. And that's not good energy. So these, I have six lessons and I was thinking about, okay, what would be the things that I wished I knew? And, and and when I was trying to make that decision. So number one is everyone deserves passion. No matter how old you are, we all deserve passion. I think we get to a point where we're like, oh, passion can't happen for me anymore. That was then. That's for younger people. Absolutely not. You can have a passionate relationship, and everybody needs that, and and it's a level of intimacy, right? And there's, there's different ways to get passion. There's passion in what you do, your activities. There's passion in the people you're around, the people you spend your time with. So passion is just embracing, to me, a life that you love. And, and the love passion, which is the kind of passion where you're, you're just crazy about somebody. And of course that's kind of the honeymoon stage. You're not like passionate, you know, for 10 years usually, but I will say I'm remarried to my second husband. And when I look at him, I adore him. I still feel a sense of passion for him. That's because of the relationship that we have. That's because of how I, he supports me. That's because I feel that he wants the best for me and he wants me to be happy. And so you need to have a partner, and, and you're only probably going to feel that passion. You're going to feel passion for somebody who treats you like shit or who's always trying to suppress your desires. You're going to feel passion for somebody who adores you, somebody who thinks the world of you, somebody who wants you to be your best. And you are your best when you have that support. But often we think we need that from somebody else and we don't need that from somebody else. So you don't need to jump from one relationship into another. You need to be passionate with yourself. You need to be passionate with your life before you're passionate with somebody else. But the, the just being passionate about life, you deserve that. And if you're not, if you don't have any passion in your life, that should be one of your reasons. We are better when we are passionate. The energy we bring to the world makes the world a better place. So, just because you're old doesn't mean you don't deserve passion. And it doesn't mean you can't find it because it's there for you. But you're not allowing yourself to get uncomfortable enough to go find it. Number two, Being alone and happy is better than being together and unhappy. And I touched on this as I was talking a little bit in my intro. Yes, this is the truest statement, yet people don't abide by it. If if I sat down with somebody and I said, choice A, choice B, would you rather, if you knew that being alone, you'd be happier, we just have this thing in our head that Alone means sad. That alone means scary. That alone means that you're never going to be happy again. You can be alone and be happy. And that should be your goal. Your goal should be to get out of the unhappy situation and to be happy. And you have to be happy with alone before you can be happy with somebody else. So, you must be okay with being alone, and you must know in your heart that that step will make you happier. That is a step to more happiness. But you have to make that, you have to take that leap of faith, and you have to take that action. Non action will not make you happier. Number three, a divorce is actually the beginning of a better life. So we think of divorce as the end of something. It is at the end of something, but we never think of it as a, a new beginning. It's like, cause we're so focused on the end. You know, we focus what on what's right in front of us, what's ahead of us. And our mind also tends to go to the negative. And so ending a marriage is the negative. We We can't look past that. We can't be optimistic about what the beginning potentially could be. So I encourage you, if you're going through this, to focus on the beginning, the next beginning, the new beginning. And and I also want to, and I should have said this in the beginning, I want to make sure that you understand this is my perspective. And my perspective is coming from one who made the decision to be the one to take the action to end the marriage. So if you are going through a divorce and it's not your choice, then your perspective is very different. I wanna talk to those who are who have felt that it's an action they need to take and they're avoiding it. That they are the ones who are wanting this change. Because it's totally different when you're happy or you love the person you're with, and then they come to you and they're like, this isn't working. So this is a perspective of somebody who felt it wasn't working. And my ex-husband would have never, come, he was unhappy, but he would have never come to me and said, I'm not happy. One of our previous marriage counseling situations, when we had been married 16 years, that was precipitated by him having an affair with someone else. That's, I think that's the tendency of men and maybe some women to go outside of the marriage. My my initial reaction when I'm not happy, uh, and I'm not saying I do it right away, I sit and stew. Uh, I think that's normal. It's just like, you know, and I sit in that until I'm finally like, I can't take it anymore. And and so the, the first time we went through marriage counseling is, uh, you know, I stewed for a while and then I said, I'm not happy. I actually told him I wanted a divorce. And so it, may, it, it was like shocking to him. And so he wasn't happy either. We were both in an unhappy marriage, raising two young kids. So that, that me saying, I'm not happy and I'm going to do this action was enough for us to get into marriage counseling and then work things through. And we were able to thank goodness, because our kids were very small then. And and we had, a, a what I can say is a good marriage. We got along. We didn't fight. He wasn't mean. It's just that we lacked um, the affection, the passion. That was something that I wanted. And so when we got to the 16-year mark, that action was precip- precipitated by his affair. And then I said, And I think this is really important in a relationship. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But if you want to stay, you know, you need to, you know, we need to go to counseling. You need to like work it out uh, on your end. So I was willing to work it out. And so we went to counseling and we were able to patch things up and move on. Uh, And I just remember that I don't want my kids to be divorced children. So that was a big thing for me. And at the time they were like eighth grade and 10th grade. So we were able to patch things up, but I was, I was like, fine. My mental state was like, I'll be fine. And I think that made him want to stay because I think when you show this neediness and this desperation, then that pushes them away. That's an energy that pushes people away. So when we got to 20, five years. It was, and honestly, uh, you know, I had been in this thinking about it state and I even had said something to him for three years, for three years and no action, no action. No, I wasn't taking action. He certainly wasn't taking action. And so I just wanted to say that I was the one who took the action and he wasn't on board with that. So this is a perspective from that viewpoint. So, number four, you won't go to hell because you're breaking your vows. And I'm not even a religious person. I would call myself a spiritual person. I don't go to church. I went to church when I was very, very young and I was baptized Methodist. But I believe in God and I believe in the vows that you say. Uh, And so for me, I had this fear that I would not be a good person. It would just morally crush me, that it would morally make me a bad person. And I struggled with that for a long time until I finally came to the belief that God wants me to be happy. God wants everybody to be happy and everybody be loving. And when, and God wants you to be your best self and And marriage is this is this social construct that was created by Western society. I mean, over in some of the middle east, they they have multiple wives. So they're not even married to one person. There's not monogamy there. And monogamy isn't a normal state anyways. So I started to come to terms with the fact that. It's okay. I'm a good person. I'm not going to go to hell. God will be okay with this. And I'm going to have a better life. And that's going to be better for everyone. So that was one of the things that I learned. Number five, you are a better role model for your kids as a divorced person, as a happy divorced person, than as an unhappy married person. We think we have to stay in these marriages because it shows our kids loyalty and that you made a commitment and you stick it through. And yeah, I mean, you want your kids to see loyalty. You want your kids to see commitment, but do you want your kids to see unhappiness? Do you want your kids to witness an unloving relationship, a a lack of passion relationship? Do you want your kids to witness and have their main role model be somebody who's choosing something that doesn't make her the happiest? Is that what you want your kids to witness? Is that the role model you want to bring to them? And I struggled for a long time because my kids by then were adults and they had their own opinions. And dealing with the, the breakdown of their family unit and what that meant, like no more holidays together and all that, there's a lot that my decision was going to impact. But at the end of the day, I had to decide, do I want to spend these holidays in a relationship that wasn't maximizing me as a person, that wasn't me being my best self? I tried for a long time to do that in this relationship and I couldn't. And I came to terms with the fact that what I wanted, what kind of role model I wanted to be was I wanted to be the role model that shows my two daughters to go after what you want. And that living your best life, living a passionate life and choosing to have no regrets at the end of your life, when you get there and you look back and you're like, I did it because I thought it was the best thing for me and I took action. I don't want to be the role model that teaches my kids at the end of your life. Yeah, I want you to have regrets. I want you to die a bitter woman who wished you had left your marriage and you never did. So that is what I chose to focus on. What kind of a role model do I want to be? Don't want to be the unhappy married. I want to be the happy unmarried. Six, my, my last lesson. I, there's a lot more lessons, but these are the ones that I thought of that might be helpful. If you ain't happy, your partner ain't happy. I want you, and again, if you're in this mindset where it's it's, it's a thought you think about, look at your partner. How do you interact with your partner? How does your partner go through his or, his or her day? Are they happy in their job? Are they Do they have relationships with other people that are positive? What kind of people do they hang out with? How are they affecting you and your psyche? Are they bringing you down? Do they have a lot of negative energy? And if they have negative energy, it's affecting you. And if you have negative energy, it's, it's bouncing back to them. So the two of you not being happy is, is the worst possible combination. And so not being happy together is the worst thing you can do if you want to live your best life. And neither of you are being a good role model for your kids, for, mar- for a happy marriage. As hard as it sounds, you have to be the one to take the initiative to make a change. And by you saying, I'm not taking it anymore, it doesn't necessarily mean the end result is going to be divorce. The end result is going to be positive change. It might shake up your partner enough to do something about it, to recognize that they aren't happy either. It is a journey. It's not you're going to say something and and speak a desire to live the life you want and in a heartbeat, in a blink of an eye, it's going to change. No, it's just the beginning, a new beginning. Like I said, it's the beginning of a shift towards a better life for both of you and hold on to that because that, I promise you, will happen. That, I promise you, will happen. You will either come back together in a happier marriage with a new understanding and perspective and more passion for each other, having learned a lot and been a great example for your children, or you will move on and you will find happiness somewhere else, doing something that you're passionate about and finding someone else that you're passionate about. Because when you are passionate, when you are living as a passionate person inside, you are very attractive to other people. And if you speak your desires to the universe, the universe will listen and the universe will help navigate you towards reaching those desires. So you have to you just have to have faith that the life you want is available to you. But faith involves taking action as well. So if you are feeling your marriage is not what you want, these six lessons may help you have a new perspective on what's possible. None of these six lessons I knew until I took action and began that journey. So this is not a promotion of divorce. It's a promotion for you living a more sparked second half. And you deserve that. And I want you to go after it with everything you have. Life is not over because we're in our second half. It's not winding down. It's winding up, but it's up to you to be the person. You're the, you're, you have the controls. And so turn those controls in the direction that will give you more happiness. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at NotYourAverageGrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at NotYourAverageGrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, Remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.